going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number three of Trail Tales. I'm your host, Kyle O'Grady, and today we have an awesome show with my friend and fellow Appalachian Trail thru-hiker, Mitchell Larby. His trail name's Flossie. I'm super stoked to bring you this show because I actually think it's my best episode so far. I mean, we get into tons of stuff. We get into the details about why Flossie decided to do this crazy 2,000-mile hike in the first place. Talk about how he almost got charged by a bear, or he pretty much did get charged by a bear. And then we also talk about some of the mental ups and downs that come with thru-hiking the AT. He was super, super candid and honest about his emotions concerning his desire to make it every single mile, and the brotherhood that him, myself, and the other people that we hiked with were able to form. And I'm just, I'm super stoked for you guys to hear this one. We're about to get into the episode here in just a second, but first, I need to tell you how to contact me, because you need to contact me. Maybe you want to talk some shit to me, maybe you want to tell me you like the show, I say this every single episode at the beginning, but maybe you want to suggest a guest or a trail, or maybe you yourself are a thru-hiker or a long-distance backpacker of some sort, and you want to be on the show, you want to be a guest. I'd love to have you, I'd love to hear from you, even if it's not good, I'll take the advice, I'll take the shit talk, I'm pretty tough, I can handle it. So, Instagram, I got fucking Instagram, at TrailTalesPod, Twitter, I got fucking Twitter too, at TrailTalesPod, and take a guess what my Gmail handle is, that's right, it's TrailTalesPod, I almost said at TrailTalesPod, but there's no at when it's, when it's email. TrailTalesPod at gmail.com, that's what it is. The last thing I want to say before we get into this, if you like the show, I only have a couple episodes, I know that, but if you like what you hear and you want to help me out, you can do that. There's a way to do that. What you can do is you can go get your checkbook and write a check for $1,000, send me an email, and I'll tell you where to ship it. Well, actually, you don't really have to do that to help me out. If you want to, I'm not going to say no. But for real, the best way you can help me out on the show is to leave me a five-star review on iTunes or whatever fucking podcast platform you stream your podcast from. It would really go a long way. I'm sure if you listen to lots of podcasts, you hear the hosts say that all the time. It really helps. It helps with your rank, and it helps expose more people to the show. So I would really, really appreciate it. All right, that's it. That's enough bullshit. We're at 2 minutes and 45 seconds, almost. So yeah, let's get into it. My conversation with Mitchell Larby, otherwise known as Flossie, Appalachian Trail Class of 2018. I'm here with my boy Flossie, otherwise known as Mitchell Larby. We first met on the AT this summer. We were both able to successfully complete our Appalachian Trail thru-hikes. Which is pretty sick. So, first of all, Flossie, before we get into this, dude, like, how are you doing? We really haven't talked or, like, caught up much other than, you know, just the chat we had before we started recording here. But what's going on, man? What's good? Dude, I'm doing great. I mean, you know, just trying to adjust. It didn't It didn't really hit me, you know, until I got back here to Savannah, Georgia, um, that I was like, damn, like... I got to start real life again, <laughs> you know? It's, it's kind of funny because, so Flossie is originally from the Bangor, Maine area, correct? Hell yeah, 207. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you live in Savannah, Georgia now. So I just think that's so funny because 
you started in Georgia at Springer in the same state that you live in, and then you walked, you essentially walked home all the way up to the state that you were from and the state that you grew up in. And I just, I think that's so funny. Yeah, dude, that kind of worked out like perfect, man. I was like, when I decided I was going to hike the trail, I was like, you know, I'm from Maine. I live in Georgia, so why not? This is like perfect. I'm like five hours away from the trail. Let's do it, man. So Right on. Yeah. Right on. So um, why don't we talk a little bit about your, I guess you could say your preparation or even take a, a step back further. Let's talk about what made you want to hike the Appalachian Trail. So that's something I kind of skipped over when Indy and I did our episode a couple of weeks ago. So I kind of want to know, like, what, first of all, how did you learn about the trail? I'm assuming maybe because you grew up in Maine. I, I, I don't know. And like, when was that moment where you like decided for sure? You're like, I'm going to fucking do this Appalachian Trail thing. Dude, even like, uh, you know, growing up in Maine and hiking in Baxter State Park, I mean, I didn't even really know what the Appalachian Trail was like. I didn't know the length of it and I didn't know, I didn't really know anything about it. But um, actually, when I moved to Georgia, my uncle was like jokingly, So, are you going to hike the Appalachian Trail back home? And I didn't really give it much thought. And, you know, I went back to those messages like a while ago and I was like, hmm, you know, I was kind of thinking about it. And, I've always wanted to travel and, you know, just I wanted some type of adventure because at the time I was working like a 12 hour, 12 hour job. Like I was, uh, I don't know, man, I was just, uh, I, w- I wasn't miserable, but I just needed something else. You know, I wasn't needed a change. Yeah. Yeah. I needed a change, man. It was just same old routine. Um, I was going to work, I was working 12 hours, I was doing what they call a swing shift, so like one week I was working days, and then the next week I was working nights, and it was just like, like it was a great job with great money, but you know, I wanted something different. Originally, I was looking up videos of how you can transform like a van or yeah like basically a van into a home and travel the united states because you know i just i don't really i'm not a big fan of it here in savannah and uh you know i kind of just wanted to get out of here i was saving up a lot knowing that i was going to do something right so at first it was i wanted to buy a van and make it so I could live in it and travel around the U.S. And while I was looking at those videos, there was one that popped up, and it was tips on through hiking the Appalachian Trail or something like that. And it's like an hour-long video, and so I click on it, and I watched the whole thing. And at the end of it, I was like, this is what I need. I'm doing this. Like, you know, I grew up hiking, but... They were only day hikes, you know. I, I'm not. I didn't grow up like you, you know. You have experience in peak bagging, and you know you've done a long trail and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I was like, all right, I want to do this. Like, I've never gone backpacking. I've had experience in hiking, but I want to just 
take it to the next level. So like I ran it across my folks and like my brother and they were just like, I don't know. They didn't really know much about it either. So they were just like, why? Like you're going to walk from <laughs> Georgia to Maine. You're going to quit this like great job. Like it, it was a good job that I had, you know, but I, I wasn't worried about that, man. I was looking for adventure, dude, like doing something spontaneous, yeah, like yeah. going out there and doing something different every day, like waking up in a different place, like going to sleep in a different place, meeting new people. And I was like, once I like uh, watched that video, I was like, let's do this. So that video was that video was like the turning point for you. So yeah, and like I didn't really know anything about through hiking, so I, instantly I was like just typing a bunch of like just searching a bunch of videos about it, you know, just trying to find more and more about it. And, you know, this was about a year ago. The thought came into my mind like a year from now in October. Okay. So realistically, I had what, like six months to plan. I had already been saving. Like I told you, you know, Mm -hmm. I had a couple, I had like two grand saved. So yeah, I was basically putting away like $1,000 a month, just getting ready for this. It was just a spur of the moment thing, dude. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's fun living like, you notice when you're out on the trail, like you just, it's fun to live spontaneous. Like, like just, it was like the less you plan, like the better off you'll be out there, you know? Like you can't plan it down to a T. (laughs) So yeah, anyways... From October to April, I saved up enough money. They recommend $5,000. I had to save a little bit more to, uh, I had to save up a little bit more to cover my bills while I was gone. So, right, right. boom. April 15th comes, and I'm there at Amicalola Falls. And like, it's what real. the hell am I doing? It's like pouring rain. And my mom was like, I'm not going to let you start in the rain. And she was, like, freaking out. So she bought me, like, <laughs> literally on April 15th, I hiked one, like, one mile. Like, I hiked the steps up to Amicalola Falls Lodge. And I, like, stayed there while it was pouring rain. So, like, that was my start. Like, I was, like, terrified, dude. I was, like... Dude, I was too, man. I was so terrified when I started. I can't even imagine, like... Especially because you had never backpacked before, and I had backpacked a lot. I'd probably done over a thousand miles in my life at this point, so I can't even imagine jumping into that, not even like knowing what you're doing, not being comfortable yet. You know, living on the trail like that's just that's so incredible. It blows my mind, dude. Really. Dude, the thing is, is like, uh, you know, I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I was like, ah, you know, I'm from Maine. I've I've hiked before. I was like this is this will be nothing so like april 16th the next day i do like a 16 mile because i'm fresh you know i do like a 16 mile day from the lodge to hawk mountain shelter i think it was and that was like a horrible idea dude i was so i was so cocky because i was like oh whatever i've hiked katahdin i've hiked in maine i didn't georgia's the real deal if you're gonna go on a through hike and you're going nobo you best start slow and be. Everyone says that, but you best start slow and be prepared. Like now, had had you heard that advice before? 
you started or did you just kind of brush it off and not listen to it? Had you not heard it at all? Like, like what was Dude, going through every, there? Ev- every video I watched <laughs> said that. Like, every video I watched. But the thing is, when you start out, like, you look at that sign at Amakaloa Falls. You look at it and you see Mount Katahdin, 2,190.9 miles. And you're just like, damn. Like, Better get moving. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. And I moved too quick. You do not have to do that. Like, every, every it's cliche, but like, every video you listen to, it's going to tell you, start out slow. Like, within my first three, like, the first three days, I had to take a zero day because my knees hurt so bad. Like, just take it easy. Just take it day by day, you know? Absolutely. Now, I kind of had heard the same advice, obviously, and I had done a decent amount of training just to get myself in shape before I, uh, I got down in Georgia, but I still was very careful about it at the beginning. I, I probably was going a little bit faster than most people, but for, I guess, my abilities, I definitely took it easy at the beginning as well. I did like I did a pretty big day my first full day. I did like 15 or 16, but I definitely took it a little bit easier after that. It was kind of frustrating because I felt like I could do more, but I was like, okay, I got plenty of time. Like, let me just adjust to this crazy new lifestyle and kind of come to terms mentally with what I'm about to do. And uh, it definitely paid off because I didn't I didn't have any injuries. I know you did, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But first, let's kind of go back to the very beginning. Like you said, you're standing at Amicalola Falls State Park. You're under the arch there. You know, you go up, you do your first couple miles. Now, I want to know, were you as terrified as I was? Because me, me and Mike kind of like bonded over this at the very beginning, honestly. I think that's why we became such good friends because we were both freaking the fuck out i swear to god i was like what am i getting myself into i'm like giving up all this stuff i'm i'm giving up spending time with my friends with my family giving up my guitar my fucking room my own space whatever it is and i was terrified man did you feel that like same sort of just you know i don't want to call it negative energy that sounds stupid but i don't know were you were you as terrified as i was i guess when you started First off, dude, shout out to Mullet Mike for sure. Hell yeah. Um, I'm actually trying to have him on. I think we're going to try to record tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to hell that. Yeah. So it's almost like it's almost like I feel like you knew a little bit more like what you were getting yourself into as in, you know, your failed attempt at the long trail at first when you were like 16, you know. For me, I was like almost – oblivious to like what I was getting into like when I got out there I was just like I was like hell yeah like I'm finally out here like I'm on the trail I'm doing what I set out to do little did I know like the first day I was out there so I started at the lodge and hiked to Hawk Mountain Shelter and it like it snowed that whole day so what um what was your start date again uh, I started April 15th. April 15th, okay. Yeah, so, you know, dude, I didn't even expect that, really, because, you know, in Savannah, other than last year, you know, they don't get snow. No. And But I didn't take into account that I'm in the mountains in Georgia. 
<laughs> and like, so it snowed and I just, I toughed it out. I don't, I don't know. I guess the first day I started, I wasn't scared, you know, cause I knew I had to do this, but right. I was ob- oblivious to how dangerous this possibly could be. And I noticed that, I noticed that the next morning I woke up cause it was like, I was at Hawk Mountain Shelter and it was, it got down to 22 degrees that night. And, uh, dude, I didn't sleep like a wink. Like it was my first night in a shelter and you know how it is in a shelter. I mean, people around you are always moving around. Snoring. (laughs) Friggin' snoring. And it was just freezing cold. And you know, I wasn't prepared as in the, uh, the sleeping bag I had with me. Right, right. Like a like a forty or fifty degree bag I had. So I was bundled up bundled up in like everything I had. And yeah, I didn't sleep a wink and when I got up, like you don't have a routine yet, so I'm I'm slow in general, you know that. <laughs> but like my hands like my hands were just so numb that I couldn't like roll <laughs> I couldn't roll anything up. I had to heat them up by my like my by my stove like just to get them going, and like my feet were numb too. It it took forever to just get blood in them, man. I just it was at that point that morning that I was like, all right, like this is the real deal. <laughs> like, did you ever think about quitting at that those very first couple days when you were dealing with that uh, bad weather? All right, I'm gonna tell anyone who's gonna go on a through hike. You are going, you're going to want to quit. <laughs> They're going to, that's just how it's going to be. But, um, yeah, there were definitely days I wanted to quit. Like the worst day I had was, mm, a little bit after Neil's gap, I was in, it was Blue Mountain Shelter. I don't know. I don't really remember the elevation. It's like close to 4,000 feet. Anyways, so, you know, I get there for the night and it's literally, it's raining and it's really cold rain and the wind is blowing the rain like directly into the shelter. I'm bundled up in everything I got and like, I'm just laying there and it's me and another dude and I'm like, man, this sucks. (laughs) But the guy next to me, I don't know, he must've had Noro or something, but Every like 10, 15 minutes, he's getting out over the side of the shelter and just profusely like vomiting. Oh, God. Yeah, man. He's just throwing up. He's throwing up so much. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, this sucks for me. But imagine if I was this guy next to me. And and dude, people are out there and they got their hammocks set up and stuff. Like, you had a hammock. You can. Um, it's like 50 mile an hour winds, you know? Yeah. And anyway, so in the morning, I pack up, everything is soaked, and it's just, it's cold because it's windy, and the dude next to me, he's just so dehydrated because he can't keep anything down, and I was like, I felt so bad because what am I supposed to do? Anyways, he called 911, and uh, they had to climb up there and get him, and they brought him back down. Luckily, he was, like, I stayed down at... uh, I stayed down at the gap once I got down from there and uh, I waited for them to bring him down and they got an IV in him and everything. I don't know. It must have been hard to find a vein because he was so dehydrated, but that was probably the worst. That was the worst night I had out there. But what kept me going is the guy that was next to me. It could have been 
completely worse. I could have been in his shoes in his situation. And so I was like, man, like, what am I getting myself into? This is like mile 50 or something. And so I go to Hiawassee at the Budget Inn. Shout out to the Budget Inn. That place is <laughs> Dude. Oh, man, For I got stories about the Budget Inn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, you got to stay at the Budget Inn or you just don't get the full experience. I got stories about that. But anyways, uh, yeah, so I go to the Budget Inn, get a shower, get everything dry, and I'm like, all right. Once you, you know, you're in a hotel room, you know, there's food accessible, you're watching TV, everything's dry, you're feeling better. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back out there and give it a, you know, give it another try. So Keep on trekking. You just got to do it. Just keep your goal. Like, I remember towards the end, you were like, when we were in like New Hampshire and Maine, you kept saying, uh, I keep thinking about the end a lot. Like, I need to stop thinking about the end. And I was like, you got to keep that the end in mind the whole time, I feel. I had I had more motivation than others, for sure, because I'm from Maine. So when I get, when I summit Katahdin, which I knew I was going to, I'm home. All I got to do is climb down, get in the truck, drive two hours, and I'm home. Yeah. You were like, I got to stop thinking about the end, but no, don't stop thinking about the end. Every single day, picture yourself on top of Katahdin, and if you can't do that and it's not for you, then you're not going to make it. Before you even get out there, that's got to be your mindset. Do it. Just do it, man. Just one foot in front of the other every day. Take it day by day, but keep moving. So even if you think you're behind... Time-wise, um, you just you got to think when you get to states like Pennsylvania, when Narnar and I were just pulling 30, a 30-mile 30 day, pulling 27s, you know? It's all right, you know? I, I feel like you can pull it out. You're never really behind schedule much. I kind of want to address what you said about me talking about the end. It, it was weird because I did picture myself on top of Katahdin, for most of the trail, you know, that, that was my motivation. So like, I understand where you're coming from there. It was just different for me because I, I, I would use Katahdin, like thinking about Katahdin as motivation. But when I got to Maine, I was also more thinking about like how many miles I had left to hike and how painful that was going to be for me at the time. It wasn't that bad looking back on it, but you know, it's tough when you're that close to the end like that. So it wasn't really me like not trying to think about finishing successfully. It was more just, I was kind of taunting myself, I guess, with what I had left. So I was just trying to take it day by day, I guess. Yeah, man. I mean, that's what you got to do. That's what I just kept saying, especially uh, after the injury I had just day by day, you know? Day by day. So why don't we talk about that injury a little bit? Because that's something I, I kind of find fascinating because I didn't have any injuries or really any sort of physical ailments besides the usual, you know, blisters and chafing and all that stuff. I didn't have any any really debilitating injuries like a lot of people do on the trail. So kind of take me through what happened there. Um, you know, how did you and, and how did you get back on the trail? How did you like find the motivation to keep going after that happened? So in June, I believe. Yeah, it was in June. Uh, 
state what was it called station it was right before Rowan Highlands I believe station E or something like that so you were in you weren't even in Virginia yet yeah I wasn't yeah I wasn't even in Virginia um I forget the name of that hostel but so I had just resupplied and my pack was like heavier than it had ever been and I had full a full two liters of water and so I was at this hostel it's called the station something I forget you know I can't remember either I didn't stop there so I, I would probably remember if I stopped there but I heard good things yeah it was pretty sweet they had a bar in there and everything yeah so I actually I had a couple drinks so I get done resupplying pretty late and the guys at the hostel are like are you sure you want to leave this late they were like there are uh there are some clan members that live around here, and the trail is very close to their land. So, clan members? Yeah, dude. I don't. I don't know what type of clan they were. They were a part of or what? I think. I believe the hostel was really just trying to scare me, to get me to stay there. To stay another night. Yeah. Yeah. To stay. I mean. Yeah. To stay there the night, and I was like, ah. It was like six o'clock, and but at this time it was getting dark around like eight, eight thirty. So they dropped me off at the trailhead, and the whole time I have that in the back of my mind, like what's gonna happen? Like apparently there were stories of people who had set up camp near their property, and they were surrounded by four wheelers at like three in the morning. Well, that's no fun. Yeah, and they had dogs and stuff, but. The whole so I start out and I'm like okay, it was like six miles to get out of the the vicinity they were at, and the whole time I'm like hiking, I'm hearing gunshots like off in the distance, and I'm like I had a really heavy pack, and I was going too hard, I was going too fast, like I was my heart was racing, I was like oh man I gotta get out of here, I gotta get out of here like. I don't. I didn't want to have to set up camp and be surrounded by dogs and a bunch of four wheelers at night. By the way, not to cut you off, Lossie, but I just googled the name of that hostel just to be sure, and it's the station at 19E. That's the name of it in a Rowan Mountain, Tennessee. Yeah, and um, not knocking the hostel at all. Really cool place. They have like a sweet bar inside and uh, like a bunch of bunks. I would have stayed there, but I just had to keep moving and. Uh, that that night they just they scared me dude (laughs) like they scared me and i went i my pack was too heavy and i was going too hard faster than i usually do and my shin started hurting i got to hampton tennessee where there's a hostel called boots off and if you get a chance go to boots off that was like the perfect place to take two zeros which i ended up doing because my shins just hurt so bad. Um, took two zeros at Boots Off Hostel. And I was feeling better. And I was like, okay, I just, I, I need to get to Damascus. I want to get to Damascus, Virginia, you know. That's like a big uh, milestone when, that's like, you know, it's like the unofficial, you're, you're a quarter of the way done. Like, kind of like Harper's Ferry is the unofficial halfway, you know. Right, right. So, I tough it out to Damascus, but when I get to Damascus, 
dude, I'm just in tears. I'm like, I'm so discouraged that my it, it took everything I had just to hike like eight miles into Damascus. So like, it was just, it was so rough. And uh, yeah, I was in tears. I was discouraged. And I had to sit down and make a decision. Either I stay on the trail and I don't be a little bitch and keep pushing <laughs> and potentially have to get off the trail for good. Or I take a week off, take a breather, go visit my family who actually it was pretty convenient. They live live up in uh, North Virginia. So yeah, um, June 2nd, I remember, yeah, June 2nd, I got into Damascus. I stayed at Woodchuck Hostel, which has a bomb breakfast, doesn't that it? That place dude? is sick. I stayed there too. One of my favorites on the whole trail. Go to Woodchuck, because I got like, oh man, better than any continental breakfast you'll get a, a days in. Like, great breakfast, great people. But, uh, so yeah, uh, June, June 2nd, I got to Damascus and I was like, all right. Got a shuttle to Marion, Virginia, and went to visit my uncle and some other family I have in Virginia. Took a week off. And, you know, when you're out on the trail, I don't know if you agree with me, but it almost becomes an obsession and an addiction to get miles, you know? You have this huge goal. It just, you kind of become addicted to just getting more miles, especially in Virginia. You're so far away. Yeah. I got back on trail I, uh, June June 11th. I got back on trail. My uncle was kind enough to drive me from Newport News, Virginia, back down to Damascus. And I gave it another shot, and I was 100%. I took it, took it easy. I did like, um, I did an 8-mile day, and then I did a 12, and then I was like, I was in the Grayson Highlands, and I was like, fuck it. I'm doing 20. Let's do this. I'm ready to get going. I've been sitting on my ass, like, doing nothing this whole week. Let's get it. And, yeah, I don't know. It worked. I don't know if I suggest, like, doing 20 right off the rip, like, after an injury, but I felt good. So I just did it, and I was 100%. I was injury-free the rest of the way. If, if I have any advice for somebody, um, the problem I had was my pack was too heavy. That leads to a lot of injuries, Having a, which my pack was heavy the whole time, you know that, but it was extra heavy, and I just, I pushed it too hard, like, kind of like at the start, you know, I, I had problems with my knees, because I did that 16-mile day to Hawk Mountain Shelter. You just, just take it easy, like, you know, my adrenaline was just pumping that day because I was like, oh, man, I don't want to get shot. I don't want to get surrounded by friggin' some clan. Like, they got into my head for sure. And everything turned out fine that day. I should have just taken it slow. Granted, it was almost nighttime, but just that's why it's so important to pack light and go at your own pace, you know? I think uh, I think there's a lot of good advice in there for people who are looking to do a thru-hike in the future. I guess we can kind of transition like more into the advice giving kind of vibe here. I know that I talked with Indy about this in episode one a lot. Uh, I, I took the mental preparation very, very seriously before I, I set out on the AT. 
I read Appalachian Trials by Zach Davis, which is a really popular book about the mental the mental preparation before a through hike, specifically tailored towards the Appalachian Trail. I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos, and I just really spent a lot of time drilling it into myself that I'm about to do this crazy thing. It's going to be really hard, but if I can just keep pushing, you know, I'll be successful. So I guess, what other advice do you have for prospective thru-hikers, future thru-hikers, about kind of keeping their keeping their ego in check, making sure that they can, you know, keep pushing and uh, not succumbing to some of the mental challenges that drive a lot of people off the trail and end their thru-hikes? Plan to adapt, <laughs> for sure. Um, plan to adapt. Like, for me, uh, if you don't have any experience in backpacking, you better plan to adapt to your situation. I mean, when you start out, for me, I just had to keep in mind that the less that I planned, the better off I was. Like, do not get your uh, David AWOL guide. Don't get the AWOL guide and go through it all and try and plan out your whole trip. Like, because it, it's just fun to just go out there and things are going to not go to plan. So just know that at the beginning. And uh, it's fun to just go out there and live spontaneous. That was a big reason I just I went out there in the first place. Just shake it up. Do something different, you know. Meet new people. Experience new places. Like, don't try to... Don't like don't you plan enough during like during real life like it just becomes routine, you know? Just shake it up a bit. Don't don't plan, just go out there and wing it, you know? I mean, <laughs> to an extent, you know? Right, right. I mean, you have to be you have to be prepared, but don't plan day to day. I mean, you will have days of complete discomfort. And you'll learn to just be okay with it. I couldn't... Narnar, like, didn't it rain probably, what, like, half the time we were out there, dude? That's <laughs> like, what it seemed like, yeah. I, I bet if we actually looked at the, the numbers, it would probably not be like that. But that's certainly what it felt like. We definitely got a lot of rain, especially through uh, Pennsylvania, I would say. Yeah, so you're when you go out there, you know, plan to adapt to your situation. You're going to have days of complete discomfort. You're going to have to set your tent up in the rain. You're going to have to sleep in a puddle like I did in the 100-mile wilderness, <laughs> almost, you know. Um, That's a good story. You're, just, you're not going to be comfortable, you know. That's the only way you can adapt. You know, make yourself uncomfortable every day. Face your fears. That's the only way you can grow as a human being, and I feel like the AT does a great job of that. It makes you uncomfortable. It makes you face your fears. It just makes you a, all in all. It I don't know. It conditions you. You know. It hardens your mind mentally. That's probably just the biggest advice I have. Uh, plan to adapt. And another word of advice I have is honestly, I would have saved more money just uh, just so I wouldn't have had. You know, I could have splurged a little bit more in town and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't have worried so much when I got back home. Oh, and uh, pre pre, I would have pre-dug my cat holes, man. I can't tell you how many times, <laughs> how many times I woke up in the morning, 
had my cup of coffee and I was like, oh, I had to like clinch and waddle to the friggin, <laughs> <laughs> I had to clinch and waddle to the privy. Like, the, it's a no-go when it comes to bending over to dig a cat hole when you really got to take a dump. Shit gets real, as in shit gets really close to the material of your pants. <laughs> when you wake up, yo, I would have like pre, I would have like pre-dug some cat holes. Like, you know, you get to camp, you set your tent up, you get into your camp clothes. For me, I mean, you know me, Narnar, I'm always throwing a bear line because I got the best bear hangs out there, man. And I would have had a cat hole nice and ready for me in the morning just so I wouldn't have to clench and waddle. <laughs> Dude, I can't tell you how many times I've probably almost shit myself out there. It's it's pretty tough to not find yourself in that kind of situation when you're through hiking. I feel You like... have like those emergency situations where you just got to drop them and do it. Just worry about <laughs> digging holes later. <laughs> just roll it in afterwards. I feel like we could probably make an entire episode just on like shitting in the background. It's so funny. <laughs> I know, like you take for uh you take for granted just uh plumbing, you know? A porcelain seat to sit on. For sure. I kind of want to go back just a, a little bit to that first piece of advice you gave there about adapting to your situation when you're on the trail and, you know, just not, not planning as much as you might normally do in regular life. I know that's something that took me a while to learn um, before I before I was on the AT when I was doing other hikes over the years, uh, but that's definitely a really solid piece of advice. It, it was tough for me because I'm like just naturally a planner. I'm like that in pretty much all aspects of my life. So I was that guy that would, you know, make a exact plan for every single day before I went out. Granted, I was never planning anything longer than, you know, four or five days, but I would do that. I would like, I would even make like a, a word document with everything, you know, exact mileage, where we're going to stay, all this shit. And after a while, I kind of started to realize that those plans never really went exactly how I thought they were or how I thought they were going to go. So Eventually, I learned to adapt a little bit more over time, which was tough for me because that's just not natural for me, I guess. But it's definitely very, very valuable to know that when you're on the trail. You guys, it was like, you know, there were, what, five of us in a group and it was like, it was Mullet Mike and you, like, at the end of every night <laughs> with your AWOL out just planning and planning, which was awesome. Cause like, I don't like to plan. So if I didn't meet you guys, I definitely wouldn't have made, I would definitely would have, wouldn't have summited by October 1st. It was like me, Indy and classic just sat back for like, yeah, they got it. Like they got the plan. <laughs> we're and, <laughs> Like we were kind of clueless. Our only job was just wake up and hike. Like every night or every morning we'd be like, yo, so like, where are we going today? <laughs> like you guys would have it all planned out and shit i liked rolling with, if i wouldn't have met you and mullet mike once i met you two i was like okay i'm sticking with these guys like they got a plan like they're moving they're gonna make it like you guys you already got a late start so you're already like rolling you're, you're cruising i'm like okay i'm gonna step my game up i'm gonna stick with these guys not i wasn't you know, I wasn't using you, just sticking with you guys, <laughs> just to know that I was going to make it. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But I was like, dude, like, it was, 
I, I just want to give some advice out there. It, I'm so glad I started alone. Um, because it, I feel like if you start with a friend, unless you guys have hiked a lot of miles together, it's going to be hard to, I don't know, want to keep the same pace, you know? But it's just starting alone. I was able to meet new people. And I I definitely got, like, you guys are all lifelong friends. Like, Nar Nar, Mullet, Indie, Classic. Like, we're all bros. Like, we became brothers at the end. Like, we spent, like, every day with each other. A so lot we, of time we, together, yeah. Dude, we, yeah, we, like, kind of got on each other's nerves and shit. Like, we became brothers. And we just, we kind of, we pushed each other, man. I Like, I loved pushing you guys, like, towards the end of a, a long day. And we're all beat, man, just fucking grind it out <laughs> grind it <laughs> out yeah. it's gonna be all right just keep your eyes on the prize baby like just keep envisioning yourself you know accomplishing what you set out for it's so much better to to know that you're gonna have companionship at the end of the day you're all gonna be able to get a get together get together watch classic start a fire <laughs> and just talk about you know how awesome the day was or just vent about how shitty it was man all in all i was just all in all um i was blessed to be hiking that trail every day we did in we did in four to five months what people like spend their whole lifetime doing so after i got injured i was just i was just so blessed to be out there you know just because right. that that injury could have easily taken me off and dude, I never would have met you guys. I never would have had awesome friends. I never would have, you know, achieved what I put my mind to. So it's just companionship, dude. It was it was so much better. I finally, once I we kind of all got together in Pennsylvania, like I was stoked. Like I found my I found my crew. I found my bubble. We rock and rolled, baby. We rock and rolled, and yeah. we did it, man. That's definitely some good advice to give to people who are looking to do a through hike in the future. Don't feel like you have to settle for like the first group of people that you find yourself hiking with. Because um, the chances are the people that you start with are not the people that you're going to be with for most of the trail. That seems to be pretty much everyone's experience, except for mine, because I was with Mullet for pretty much the whole way. But yeah. I think that I think that's not, not really normal. We, we were kind of in the same boat in that we were both very, very motivated right from the beginning. So that was, that was a little bit different, but for the most part, there's lots of people out there. You're going to, you're going to figure that out pretty damn quick. And if you ever find yourself hiking with people that you don't really vibe with or people you, you don't really like, or even if you, if you like them and you just want to have a change or whatever, you know, there's always going to be lots of other people out there. So that's definitely something good to keep in mind. So we're already looking about 40 minutes into this, Flossie. I think this is going pretty well, man. It's it's good to catch up. You're kind of making me a little emotional over here talking about this stuff. Uh, yeah, man. It's I've, definitely dude, pretty crazy. I've been waiting to catch up with you. I've, like, like we've been talking before this, and I'm like, just save it. Save it for the podcast. Like, I'm so <laughs> yeah. glad you're doing this because you're keeping the Appalachian Trail vibes going, dude, and you're helping me pop my podcast cherry right now. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of learning. Uh, this is my third episode I'm doing now, and I'm kind of 
I think I'm getting better as I go. You're like doing said, good, I'm, man. I'm... You, got, you got the nice intro music there and everything. <laughs> Sounds good. Hell yeah. I hope this comes out good. I, th- I think it will, dude. Hopefully I can learn how to edit better. I think that's just going to be something I figure out over time. But, you know, that's just how it goes. I threw myself into this podcast knowing that I had a lot to learn, but being pretty motivated to make it as good as I can. And I certainly don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So I think it's over... For the most part, it's going pretty well for someone who's never done a podcast yet. We'll see once the episodes launch how that does, but, you know, I think it's cool. I And I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Oh, um, yeah, dude. Anytime. We haven't even gotten into any... Okay, well, we have gotten into some of your stories, but there's one story in particular that I wanted to hear because I don't think you ever actually told me this full story, or if you did, I must have not been paying attention, which I probably would have because it's a pretty crazy story. So I don't know. Anyways, you had a little situation with a bear at some point along the trail. And I don't mean you just saw a bear in your camp because that happens to a lot of people. I would even say that happens to the majority of people along the trail. Pretty much everyone sees a bear at some point. But you had a bear bluff charge you, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So so what happened there? (sighs) So... I, I will never forget this day, and I actually remember it pretty vividly, even down to, like, where I stayed. So, like, I remember the night before this incident happened, I was at Lynn Camp Creek. It's like a little campsite. We're, uh, we're in Virginia, and Virginia is just, like, crawling with bear, like, just crawling. So, at this point, I hadn't met you guys yet. I was hiking with... My boys, Rufio and Captain, um, I think Indy brought him up in his pot. He was he, he hiked with them for a little bit too. So, Lynn Camp Creek campsite, really cool site. We wake up in the morning and I'm like the first one to leave. So, we're hiking and I'm like, really, I'm like, man, I I, I like I haven't seen a bear yet. I kind of want to see one. And sure enough, like I had my headphones in and I was hiking up um a mountain and in the distance i see one running like bolting away from me and i was like yeah man i was like yeah the bear scared of me man you better run like you better like it was the first time i saw one and i was just like so pumped and i was and i was pumped that it ran away and but later that day i had waited so i was the first one to leave that morning and i had waited for captain and rufio um at a gap I was I was waiting for them getting water and they never showed and so I'm like you know what I guess I'm just gonna spend tonight alone and so I kept moving and uh, so I get to this dirt road and there's a sign and it says call Garden Mountain Hostel for shuttle and it's it's like mm, four or five miles like 4.8 miles off the trail and there's a guy sitting there and he's like, hey, I already called the shuttle. If you want to like, if you want to tag along, you know, they'll pick you up. And I was like, ah, I think I'm going to keep moving. So I hike another mile to, and I definitely won't forget this place. Anyone who goes on the through hike, do not camp here. It's like 0.5 off the trail and it's Davis Farm Campsite. And it's literally all down this mountain. And it's, it's like switchbacks, 0.5 down. But 
and I get down there and I was hoping there were going to be other people there, but there weren't. And there's just, there's this one tent pad with a gorgeous view of this farm, which I don't know if it's Davis farm or what, but just this awesome view. And luckily I had brought two liters of water with me because the water source was dry, which you ran into a lot in Virginia. Mm -hmm. Something told me, so I want to let you guys know there's, there's one way. There's one way out of this campsite, and that is the way I came in. So something told me not to set my tent up. I don't know. I don't know. Something told me not to. So I'm like, okay, I'm hungry. I'm just going to eat. So while I'm eating, I hear this snap behind me, and I get up, and I see a mama and her two cubs. Like, this is the situation you don't want to be in. And if you are in this situation, do not do what I did. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone tells you to make yourself big and make a lot of noise. So the first thing I did was grab my trekking poles and put them up over my head, and I was smacking them together. And she did not like that. Like, she was grunting and scratching the ground. She was, like, she was pissed. And, like, her cubs were already up in the tree. So when I saw that she was mad, I ducked down real quick and I grabbed my backpack and I ran down the blue blaze to the water and I just collected my, yeah, I just collected myself and I just took deep breaths and all of my, all my cooking stuff, like all of um, like my stove and my canister and my mug are all back at the campsite because I just grabbed my backpack and went. And so I'm just, uh... I'm just like collecting myself, hoping she will just go away. So I then I go quietly back to the campsite. I quietly like clean my mug out and, you know, pack everything up. So I got everything on with my trekking poles. And it, it's like 6, no, it's like 7, 7.30, so it's getting dark. And I'm like, okay, before I go up out of here, I'm going to hit my poles together one more time. I don't know why, but I just didn't want to run into her on the trail. Yeah, I hit them together, and there she is, man. Like, I didn't see her, but then there she is. And I go to leave, and she's, like, blocking the trail. And she's, like, 20, like, I don't know, probably, like, 20 yards away from me at this point. And she charges at me. And I do what you're not supposed to do, what everybody tells you not to do, and I ran. So her bluff charge worked. I ran. And so I run back down the blue blaze. And, dude, this was like one of the worst experiences. I ran through a bunch of like thorn bushes and thickets. And I was getting all cut up. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have like ticks all over me. But I remember that farm that I saw. So I'm going through all these, all this thicket. And I make it to this farm. I'm like, okay, okay. I just have to find a house. I just got to find a place. I'm going to get I'm going to get there and I'm going to call this hostel to come and pick me up. The hostel that I saw the sign earlier. So, I try to find the highest point. I go up on a hill and boom, I see this house that's on the farm. So I walk over to it and the closer I get, people are uh they're yelling to me from this house, and I, I can't really make out what they're saying, but I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, I just outran a, mo a pissed-off mama bear, 
and now I'm liable to get shot by these people like at this house because I'm like I'm on their property like a friggin hiker on their property anyways I get closer and closer and when I get there I'm like oh thank god like I just outran a mama bear you know I didn't outrun her but I ran from her and the uh, and I was like what what's the address of this house because I, I need to call this uh, this Garden Mountain Hostel to come and pick me up and they were like you're here they were like this is the hostel no way yeah and I was like are you kidding me like dude I'm just blessed man God God had my back that day like I remember the whole time I was trying to calm myself down I was just like oh God please guide me just just guide me, get me out of this situation, dude. And like, he led me to a hiker hostel in the middle of nowhere. Like, how? That's just nuts. Like, it still blows my mind to this day. Like, right now, thinking about it, just, it was nuts. I can't believe you never told me that story before. That's crazy. How far off the trail, like, were you at that point? Like, how far do you think you'd bushwhacked? from that campsite to the hostel. Dude, I must have, I don't know, I must have bushwhacked like a mile, you know? It, it was only like a mile to that farm and then maybe a half a mile to this house. So, you know, it was, to get to the, to get to the hostel, it, it was like 4.8 miles by dirt road, but I cut through. Oh man, oh, that was like some of the worst pain, dude. I was, I was scraped all up. I don't know. I checked my. I didn't have any ticks, which I was so surprised. But uh, that I that was like the best night of sleep I got on the trail. And I was like, everyone was like calling me bear bait, and they were like, this dude got chased by a bear. Like every like people were out by the campfire and stuff. Like everyone was like, yeah, you got chased by a bear. They were all came up and like asking me because everyone was drunk, you know. Like everyone was there <laughs> drinking and stuff. They were like, no way. And, dude, like, the first thing I asked for when I got there, they handed me a PBR, and I was like, please, does somebody, like, have a cigarette? I need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I was just blessed to be there that night. You know, I paid – it was a sweet – it was a sweet hostel, like, and I just cowboy camped out on the uh, out on the patio there. Yeah, I was just so blessed to be there, and that was like – you know, I had seen a bear earlier that day, but – that was really the first bear encounter I had, so I was like terrified to hike alone after that. But I overcame the fear. I, all in all, I saw like 13 black bear. And yes, most of the time, they will just run away from you. And the next time I saw a mom and cubs, I did not make myself look big and make noise. I just, I didn't look her in the eyes. I backed up slowly. I didn't make, I just kind of spoke to her quietly and she went about her business and went away so i don't know man it's just it all the what you do it all depends on your situation but i would not try and make myself look big and make noise again it just pissed her off i would definitely not run either i mean that's like <laughs> yeah, the one do thing not they run. tell you not to do <laughs> so do, good. Not, do not run because they think they think you're like playing with them and so they it's like a dog if you run they're gonna chase after you but the consequences Thankfully are she just, didn't chase after you yeah i know dude i didn't even look behind me like i just ran i was like i ran went through i just asked god to guide me and he and i just ended up at that hostel so uh, that's that, so insane 
that's definitely the craziest thing that happened to me. Now, a, a, another story, which isn't quite as crazy as that, but something that was still pretty funny. I, I think it'd be cool if you told the story about what happened to you in Classic at that shelter in the 100-mile wilderness that really rainy and windy night. Because that, oh, yeah. that, was, that was pretty fucking hilarious, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so, do So... Oh man! What was the name of that? I I can't even remember the name of that shelter. I know it was like it was like point four off the trail, so we were all pissed off about that. <laughs> I can't yeah. even remember what the name was, honestly. I might try to Google it real quick. All right, it was a long day, and we had a full pack. You know, it was our first day in the hundred mile wilderness, so Narnar and Indy get there first. <laughs> and Narnar is being a sm- the smart ass like he is, and he's like, oh. And so we get up to the shelter, and he's like, sorry, boys, you snooze, you lose. And I'm like, dude, don't be a fucking dick. <laughs> By the way, I don't think I've ever actually said my trail name on here before, so I, I am Narnar. That's my uh, that's my trail name. So uh, Flossie is referring to me as the smartass, unfortunately. But <laughs> yeah. it's kind of warranted, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> you will forever be Narnar to me. So um, I'm like, damn it, classic, we got to go and, like, set our shit up we're like by a we're by a lake and you know i'm kind of i'm pissed off and because you know when after a day like that you just want to set your stuff up in a shelter and just chill but these people from new york who weren't even through hiking like had their shit spread out and they had like huge air mattresses so that kind of made me mad as well but anyways that night classic and i are set up like we're ready to go to sleep and it just starts downpouring. And Classic's getting a bunch of water in his hammock because he didn't set it up right. And it's so windy because we're by a lake. And I'm literally, so my tent is held up by trekking poles. And I'm literally holding on to the trekking pole so my tent doesn't fall over by the wind. And so the wind comes down a little bit, but it's still downpouring. And I sit up, put my headlamp on. At this time, Classic's, like, trying to adjust his hammock. Like, I can hear him outside, like, uh, swearing in Polish and, like, French and stuff. <laughs> like, kudovamash, whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, I feel bad. Like, I want to help him, but I also <laughs> don't want to get out of my tent. And I look around me, and I'm just in a puddle. And he's like, Flossie, you're in a puddle. And I'm like... And I was just like, is it like all around me? Like, I was just, I don't know, man. It sucked. And he's like, I'm, it was like, reminded me of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's like, I'm going to the shelter. He's like, I'm headed to the shelter. I was like, all right, I'll go with you. So (laughs) you remember like how we were when we pulled up. I literally had my air mattress stuffed like, no, I had my sleeping bag stuffed underneath my shirt. And like, I was using my, air like my air mattress over my head to like try not to get wet which didn't work and i mean you guys knew this was gonna happen right like i had a feeling (laughs) yeah you guys knew we were both probably gonna come running to the shelter and that night being the good guys that narnar and indy are they all pushed over and we sardined in the shelter like this is one of the last nights on trail and it was like one of my worst nights but uh, by that time, you know, I'd been through so much shit. You just you just learn to deal with it. You said it, Narnar. Like, I just had this look of defeat on my face, like, when I got there. But, yeah, yeah you guys all, we did, like, head to foot, sardined in it. 
in that shelter and I don't know. I was like half on classics mat and half on the wooden floor and I didn't have a pillow and I slept like shit, but we still got up and grinded the next day. That's all you can do. It was so funny because as soon as the wind started to pick up, I was like almost asleep at this point, but I remember Indy and I both kind of sat up and just like looked at each other and I was like, (laughs) yeah, I got a feeling they might be coming in here in a few minutes. And sure enough, right on cue, you and Classic come running in and there really wasn't any debating on whether or not we were going to make room because (laughs) I think we all, even though obviously Indy and I didn't want to like fucking squish in like that, I mean... I think we all kind of understood how shitty it would have been for you guys to try to still sleep outside. I mean, that was that was some of the like the craziest like wind rain combination yeah. I've ever seen. Like, I don't think anybody, no matter what your shelter is, would have stayed dry in that. I mean, we're right on the edge of this pond. We were up pretty high too. It was definitely over or around three thousand feet, anyways, because we were up in the spruce trees at that point. Yeah, and it was cold. It was just a bad situation, but. You know, we we fucking got through it. I actually I found the name I found the name of that shelter. It's uh, Cloud Pond Lean To. That ring a bell? Uh, shitty ass night sleeping in a puddle lean to is what it should be called, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that rings a bell, bro. But uh, yeah. I and then I was like, ah, uh, nar nar. Like I take it back. What you said earlier. <laughs> like you're you're nice enough to scoot over and deal with my feet right next my smelly feet right next to your head while we try and sleep <laughs> like yeah it was all good man we yeah, fit was... we fit eight people in a six person lean to that was pretty funny <laughs> and like none of the other like none of the other guys moved over like they just yeah i know i was gonna say that i was like what the hell i mean there wasn't really that much space to move over but i don't know we had four people on three sleeping pads <laughs> spread out which was pretty funny yeah i know so good nuts so good well, anyways, Flossie, I think I think we're going to try to wrap it up here. This is actually probably going to be the longest episode I've done so far. Um, <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for taking the time, man. Uh, thanks for bearing with me because we had some technical difficulties getting connected before, which has happened in every single episode I've done so far. But, you know, I'm fucking learning. Um, it was definitely a good chat. Uh, it was cool to hear that bear story. That's fucking insane. So, yeah, just thank you so much for taking the time. I think this went really well. Hey, Darnar, uh, yeah, when you're down in uh, South Carolina, man, get a hold get a hold of me and we'll hit the foothills up, baby. Yeah, I was actually gonna I was gonna say something to you about that. I'm gonna be going down to visit my parents. My parents live in South Carolina for everyone listening. And um they live only about an hour from where Flossie lives in Savannah. So yeah, dude, I'm gonna be going down probably the weekend before Christmas and then I'll be there through Christmas and maybe a day or two afterwards. I still got to put in the time off uh, at work, but I'll, I'll definitely be down there for sure. And I will hit you up without a doubt. Good deal, man. I'll be ready. Hell yeah. And then maybe we can, uh, well, not maybe we will find some time to do the foothills trail uh, this spring, maybe in April or May or something like that. Uh, I, I got, I got some, I got some, some PTO days to use up at work, so we'll make it happen. Oh yeah, we're all trying to get back on our feet right now. So, you know, we'll when the time comes, we'll see, man. But we're all we'll all get together soon for sure. Hell yeah! Well, thanks so much, man. I think we're no gonna wrap problem, it up, dude. Thank you for uh, listening. Yeah, man, it's a good thing you're doing, man. Keep these keep these trail vibes going, baby. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, don't don't hang up on me. We're gonna chat about a couple other things here before we go. But 
Thank you so much for listening to episode number three of Trail Tales with Kyle O'Grady and Mitchell Larby, otherwise known as Flossie. And yeah, fucking happy trails, everyone. Take it easy. Whoop, whoop.